Hey everyone, welcome to the Cyber Life Podcast. My name is Ken Underhill, your host. In today's episode, I have a very special guest. She comes highly recommended, and I've known, I know many of the people that know her personally. Uh, so welcome to Lizzie Verbeek, and she actually works in recruiting. She's a recruitment manager uh, for primarily the energy space, but uh, Lizzie, do you mind just kind of doing the brief bio of yourself and just let the audience know how you actually got into recruiting in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. So thanks so much for, for inviting me to, to do this today. It's a fantastic opportunity. I'm a big fan of podcasts <laughs> um, and I'm missing those at the moment because there's no commute to work. Um, but yeah, I got into recruiting about 18 years ago. Um, as you can probably tell from my accent, I'm not um, a native Texan. <laughs> yes. And so I, I actually come from quite a small city in the UK called Norwich. And my first role was actually in human resources for a law firm. And one of the um, duties that I had was recruiting. So, um, you know, often the recruitment agencies would call up and arrange to, to book a meeting with my manager. And many times when they actually arrived, she would say, oh, you know, gosh, I'm too busy to meet with them. So will you go and meet with these recruiters? And that's what got me interested in it because I just thought, well, this is a great job because it's getting out, meeting people. It is sales, but it's like professional sales rather than, mm -hmm. you know, I, I suppose the used car salesman. <laughs> yes. No offense to, to those people, of course. Um, and so I applied for a position at that's aging me a little bit, but it was a, an advert in the newspaper as a trainee recruiter. And um, yeah, it went from there. So I'm one of the few people that actually proactively really wanted to get into recruitment. A lot of people will say, oh, you know, I kind of fell into it, but it's definitely something I identified as a, a great career choice. Okay. Uh, so now with, with what you do in the energy industry, is that primarily InfoSec slash cybersecurity is kind of the buzzword these days, but is that primarily for security people or do you kind of staff across the board for the energy uh, industry? Yeah, good question. So personally, I only work on um, cybersecurity InfoSec roles, um, but Petroplan, you know, we've got a team of around 20 in Houston and each recruiter specializes in something different so we have people who work on the more traditional kind of engineer um, type positions then then within the IT team we've got ERP data analytics network support infrastructure and, and software development so we, we cover pretty much the full suite of IT but personally I'm all about cyber security okay great so are there any tips that you have or any things that you see like maybe with resumes or the way that candidates are approaching jobs that for you are kind of a red flag like where you know that you can't send that on to the potential employer so so with that question it's it's more of are there things that people should be mindful of or watch out for that they can do in advance to number one make your job easier and number two make it better when you actually send their stuff to the the potential employer to actually put them in a better position to get the job? Yeah, absolutely. So, and it's interesting because I've spent the week talking to people about this. Um, so, I mean, as a recruiter, there's, if you're a good recruiter anyway, I believe there's two sides to it. There's the reactive side. So that's the typical 
you know, I've got a live position right now, so I'm looking for people who are a good match for that. And then there's the more proactive side, which is, wow, you know, I've got a fantastic candidate here. I might not have a live role, but I want to use my network to uncover something um, that may be good for them. And that doesn't mean, you know, as a recruiter sending their resume out all over the place and, you know, just hoping something sticks, but more so networking, making calls and describing the candidate confidentially to, to generate opportunities. Um, but alongside all of that, I, I just want to help people to find a job. Now, if I can place them, fantastic, but that's not always the case. So one of my biggest tips is how to help people use things like LinkedIn effectively, um, suggesting networking groups that they can join, how they can essentially while they're in their job search act like a you know a mini recruiter for themselves um, make sure that your resume is tip top and good to go um, and using your network to get referrals and something that i've really found in in cybersecurity is that referrals is so welcomed by hiring managers um, you know often they're still a little bit wary of working with recruiters if someone applies through a website, the resume can just go into a black hole somewhere and that's no reflection on the candidate quality. It's just, there's so many people applying for these jobs, sometimes you get overlooked. So if you can think about your network and past managers that you've worked with, peers, people that you've met at a conference and reach out to them to say, hey, you know, this is what I'm looking for can you make some suggestions for me of who I could approach? Can I name drop you? Can you introduce me to some people? And I think that's, that's something, Kenneth, that I've seen you do a lot of on, on LinkedIn for people as well, which is great. Absolutely, yeah. I'm, I'm also all about let's, let's share the knowledge, right? Instead of holding on to a position or something, um, there's always somebody out there looking. And so, yeah, just make, allowing people to make those connections, right? I think that's one of the things, and you kind of touched on it with you talking about make sure your LinkedIn profile and you're using it effectively. Uh, I think a lot of people get on social media, they make a lot of connections, but they don't really make connections, if that kind of makes sense. So like they connect mm -hmm. with a bunch of people, but they don't actually work on establishing those relationships. So that way, when they say, I need a job because they get laid off, you, you just want to position yourself in, in the best light. And that's really... One of the things, one of the key things that like good good recruiters like Lizzie do is they continuously nurture those relationships. So that way, when they need to make that phone call, it's very easy for them to do, and they always get a yes on the other side. So um, I think that's a great thing that you brought up. So you kind of talked about resume a little bit, Lizzie. Are there specific things without us? Because we could have a whole episode on resumes, but yeah, <laughs> uh, are there specific things like formatting or or certain things people should be doing? Should they put bullet points at the top? Should they put a summary? Like, what what are the things that you've seen have been a little more successful when a resume gets in front of you versus like maybe somebody else's resume? Yeah, great, great question. So I think, um, and this might be an obvious one, but try to keep the resume to three pages or under. Um, I mean, for more experienced candidates, that can be tricky because, you know, they have so much um, in their career. But really, I think it's the last kind of 10 years of your career that you want to be focusing on. Um, certainly have a summary at the beginning, but I'd keep it 
exactly as the word suggests, you know, a summary and, and quite short and sweet. Um, one of the key things that I always look for as a recruiter in cyber, and I know hiring managers look for, is, is to understand the technical skills that a candidate has. And I think it's better to put that in its own section. So after the summary, if you have a, a technical skills section, and that could be bullet points or, you know, a little table, um, just so people can see, you know, the technical environment that you've worked in. Um, and then when you come to talk about your, in the resume, your daily duties and responsibilities, to, to speak to what you as an individual have been doing. Sometimes I see hiring managers deselect a candidate because the resume reads as though, you know, well, I was part of a team who did this. And I think people do that very well intentioned because they feel like, you know, they want to give kudos to whoever was involved in a, a particular project and so on. But hiring managers want to know what you personally have been responsible for and what you have done yourself. Um, and also, you know, be confident enough to highlight particular achievements and in in cyber i think that that would include things like deploying you know a new tool implementing new security solutions evaluating those kind of words so those are really impactful words to a hiring manager because it it shows them how you've influenced the, the team and the company if that makes sense absolutely does um, and, and yeah, one of the things I tell people always is impact, right? It's your impact. What have you done for that previous employer, your current employer? How has that actually affected things, right? So um, just kind of piggybacking off what you're saying, Lizzie, I think also people need to think through how did that, how did what you do impact the business, right? So yeah. you deployed a new tool, which helped what, right? So as an example, I used to work in healthcare years ago and we deployed various things, right? And so one of the things we deployed was for um, the uh, supply chain management software, right? And so the impact of that was it allowed the organization to save X amount of dollars, right? So things like that, just kind of always mm -hmm. think through the business case of things as well, because that's really going to solidify you. So if I, you know, for example, if I'm looking at two candidates that both have really good technical skills, et cetera, but one of them also understands the business side of things, at least in that capacity where they mm -hmm. understand the impact, I'm probably going to choose that person over the other, right? And so yeah. that's just my personal opinion. That, that's on a really it, good but, point. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Definitely. absolutely. You know, so, so yeah, just always try to think through, and it, it just really, in my mind, it shows really good, for lack of better words, professional maturity, right? Because after mm -hmm. you've gotten a certain number of years of technical experience, you should understand what's going on in the in the business you're working in. You don't have to understand everything, but you should understand like where do I fit in essentially, and that's you just want to convey that as well on on your resume. Um, so, Lizzie, do you have any specific openings? Again, this is the audience for this podcast is pretty broad; it's global. But wow, since you're kind of in the Houston area, I know right? it makes you it makes me sound you know so fancy, but uh, uh, it's not millions of people yet, uh, but it'll get there. Uh, so, yeah. if you're out there, tell your friends. But um, with with that being said, you're you're in the Houston metro area. Uh, do you guys staff for anything in other parts of the country or anything? Is this primarily? Oh, yeah, Houston absolutely we do. Well, we, we are also a global company. So, and we're, we're a UK company. So we're, we're headquartered in, in the London area. And from there, you know, they work on positions across EMEA. 
Um, from the Houston office, we work on roles across North America. Honestly, most of the positions I get are certainly in Texas, but um, at the moment I have um, two positions in Houston and one in Portland, Oregon. So the, um, the Portland, Oregon position is a security architect position, and that's with a utilities company, and they are looking for um, an experienced security architect with with cloud um, expertise um, and someone who can work at a strategic level because you know they're really they would be joining from you know the, starting this thing from the ground up um, and that's what, how they've struggled to find someone they've, they've found great technical skills but not the strategic right um, and then in Houston, there's one which is a network security lead, and we need industrial control systems expertise for that. And then finally, there's another security architect role. Um, and again, that's focused on cloud security. Okay. So I know one question the audience is asking right now in their mind probably is, what if I'm an entry level type of person? Should I connect with your recruiting company? Are there other ones you might recommend? Well, I guess I shouldn't ask you which ones you can recommend. Uh, but should I connect with your? Should I connect with your security? Your your uh, recruiting company? Are is that realistic? Should I connect with recruiters? Let me make it well, a broader I mean, question. I guess you know, like, should I connect with recruiters if I'm entry level? Should I try to just apply to jobs? Like what? Well, I, I mean, this is this is another great question that you could probably do another show on. Really, um, <laughs> yes. I. I definitely like connecting with entry-level candidates, although I'm always honest and I say, look, I don't get many entry-level roles because simply, you know, when a company's gonna, when they work with a recruit, recruitment company, they have to pay a fee. So they're only really wanting to do that if we're finding someone with a niche skill set or, you know, someone that might be hard for them to find. Um, but I enjoy connecting because I still try to help. You know, I mean, just last week um, I was talking with a, an entry level candidate. And so I was, you know, posting about him obviously confidentially on LinkedIn. And I got him in touch with one of my clients with regards to uh, potential internships and things. So, it, yes, I think it's worth connecting to recruiters. Um, but I would also be as proactive as you can yourself to apply for positions and um, do, do all those good things we were talking about before in terms of networking and using social media to get yourself out there. Awesome. So I, I definitely appreciate you coming on today, Lizzie. I know you're uh, busy. Most, most, pretty much everybody's working from home except for a few um, instances. Uh, mm -hmm. And obviously you're taking time away from your family and, and your uh, recruitment stuff. So I appreciate that. Any other final advice that you want to offer for the audience that might, that they might find beneficial? Um, ooh. I should have thought of something more uh, groundbreaking <laughs> to say at this point, shouldn't I? Um, I think for me, it's just, I mean, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head earlier when you were talking about connections, but also meaningful connections. So not just connecting, but really following up with those connections and always thinking about not just what you can get out of that connection for yourself, but how you can help them. And then, you know, I'm just a big believer that in karma and, and that does really pay off. Perfect advice. Uh, so again, Lizzie, thanks for coming on. Uh, you're welcome back on the podcast anytime, anytime you need to feel roles uh, and feel free to just tag 
me in any roles on, on LinkedIn and stuff like that. And I'll share them with my network. So uh, again, thanks for coming on and taking the time. We really appreciate it. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it.